Today I plan to drink all the coffee. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Stoke the Wild, where we talk about the things that inspire us to creativity. I'm Nick. I'm Joy. And thanks for joining us again this week. It's been a uh, fun week this week, and uh, a lot of cool stuff has taken place. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm excited to kind of just dive right into what's been going on. Yeah, it's been a wild week, I feel like. Yeah, well, no, yeah. Yeah? No. No, yeah, 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 no, no, yeah. No, 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 yeah. Did you know that that is apparently a Chicagoan thing? No, yeah, yeah, no. Or at least a Midwest thing? Really? Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. The non-committal response? Yes. (laughs) That sounds like Midwesterners. I know. It is actually a dialect thing, like, unique to the Midwest location. Why is that? Because of exactly that. It's non-committal. It's very Midwest culture. That's why we live in the Midwest. <laughs> we won't commit to one coast or the other. We'll just stay right in the center. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, no, yeah. yeah. And it, it means different things. Like, yeah, no means, like, no. No, yeah. It's like, yeah, I get it. And no, yeah, yeah, no. Or yeah, no, no, yeah. They mean They all mean different things. Which makes sense when you hear it, doesn't it? Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. That's like, (laughs) definitely, absolutely, I know Uh, what you're talking about. No, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, yeah. For sure, yeah, no. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's ridiculous. All right, so it has been a bit of a wild week, uh, but it's been uh, overall... So far, it's been good. It's been uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's been it's been a good week. But the this past weekend, I got a chance, as we talked about over the last few weeks, to celebrate uh, six months, uh, not only of the podcast because we had our twenty sixth episode last week. So uh, thanks for riding yeah. along for six months with us. It's been mm-hmm. great. That being was our, exciting. Being our ride or die. Ride or um, die. Uh, and I'm still here. We made it past six months, and yes, I'm still here. Six months in one week. It's pretty amazing. It's great. So uh, that's been cool, but also the six-month anniversary of Two Mile Coffee Bar, uh, which are the the co-owners have been on the uh, been on the pod, Patrick and Greta Dertinger. Yes. And uh, so congratulations to you guys, and also thanks for letting me hang out with y'all and, you know, sell some art and make some coffee uh, yeah. since I get a chance to work there a few times a week. And it's been a lot of fun. And it was really cool because they had some musical guests out there playing music, live music. Uh, in, the, in the shop, they were uh, selling new merchandise, T-shirts and things like that. Uh, had some art pieces available from myself. Um, and then just like the community involvement as people came in and there were there were several like local florists and artists who came in and like gifted them some things, which was really cool. That's cool. And it was just really neat to see like the community come in and, and support them. And um, it was just filled with lots of people and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was really cool. And every week I think I'm surprised a little bit more by just like the local support that that area has for one Mm -hmm. another. Mm -hmm. And, um, at least, 
from what I've seen, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure just like any area you have issues and stuff, but sure, the, sure. Uh, the local support that I've seen in the Beverly area for two mile has been really cool. And uh, that's exciting. Now I wasn't able to be there and the pictures that I saw made it look like that place was pretty hopping and pretty busy during the celebration. I'm sure there was like a lull or two, but overall it looked pretty. No, it was pretty packed most of the pretty time. Pretty busy, yeah. yeah. That's really cool. And they added some new uh, seating arrangements and um, like a long kind what? of long like community table. Oh, I didn't even well see a, that a in smaller, the pictures. A smaller bar top area where people could sit. Really? Yeah. And, oh man, uh, it's it's really cool. And so they even have more seating and yeah and space set up for for the community to gather. Yeah. Uh, as well as obviously the the metro benches that were already in the station. They were able to move and readjust them. That's cool. See, I saw that the metro benches were moved around, but I just thought it was to allow more space for people to walk. I didn't see any of the new seating uh, arrangements in the pictures. I wish I could have been there, but yeah. it would have been too much with the kids. Um, knowing kind of how big of a turnout it would probably be, it would have been really nuts. Yeah, and then it rains like half the time, so it's not like, yeah. oh, I'm going to take... The kids outside unless you're planning to leave so right. it would have been a little right a little hectic probably for our family but it was yeah. still good to be up there and to support yeah. them and to hang yeah. out with those guys and uh so congratulations two mile and if you haven't Yay, been and you're in mile. the if you haven't been and you're in the chicagoland area it's right off the 95th and beverly metro stop it's real easy to get to mm-hmm. and uh, they're open monday through friday from 6 to 11 and then from on Saturdays from 8 to 1, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a great time. It's now, a great time. I just recommended Two Mile to someone who is in uh, Chicago. I don't know if he went or not, but um, I told him he should go. He loves coffee and little cafes and teas and stuff, and I don't know if he went, but um, I told him he should. He, uh, I know him through uh, Square One with uh, Sean Sherman. Cool. So... It was um cool story, bro. Well, yeah, you know, you know what it is, I guess. Nobody else necessarily knows what it is. So, Square One is um is like a is a motor control restoration technique and um I have been learning that and kind of working on that with uh some other people and the developer of it is uh, Sean Sherman, but um, this guy named Niall Bratcher is, he actually lives in Colorado and he was out here for some clients and um, he was visiting different coffee shops in Chicago and I told him he should visit Two Mile. So if he does, maybe we'll hear something. But that's it. That's all I was going to say. <laughs> so um, what's next here? So this past Friday, I I went up to Chicago uh, for this really cool event. Um, there is these, this organization called Creative Mornings, and Creative Mornings uh, has chapters all across the world, in different cities around the world, and every chapter uh, has the opportunity each month, they basically put on a local gathering for creatives, uh, artists, um, producers, writers, uh, poets advertisers, um, 
corporate people, you know, those in leadership and education. It's open to everybody, uh, but the emphasis on creativity uh, each month is uh, sparked by a theme or an idea, and they gather at a local uh, event hosting site, uh, whether that be a theater, a museum, a hotel, and they host this event where then you as a creative, you can sign up. It's totally free, and you can sign up for a seat, go to the event, uh, network and meet with creative people, and then get a chance to listen in on a, a short seminar uh, from a keynote artist uh, under that theme as they talk about what has inspired them and kind of their story. And uh, so this was the first one that I've ever been able to attend, uh, the first kind of event like this. And it was really cool, and it was fun and exciting to have the opportunity to get up there, um, explore the city a little bit, uh, on Friday and then have uh, have this event to go to. And so uh, I recommend if you're, again, wherever you're at, they have chapters all over the world, all over the country. Um, so check them out on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, Creative Mornings, and then look for your local chapter, like the Chicagoland area one is uh, Chicago underscore CM, and you can find them and see what events they're hosting, including their next one uh, in November. Uh, that they'll be having at the uh, West Lakeshore Hotel in, uh, on like November 22nd, I believe it is. Uh, but I'll have that information kind of tagged below. And so this month, though, the theme was flow and the idea behind creative flow and like what, answering the question of like that, what space and what area do you feel like your creative flow uh, works best? Or what gets you into that flow. Or even how sometimes we feel like things are flowing around us and going past us. And maybe we don't feel like we've hit that sweet spot of chaos and creativity that kind of coexist together. And uh, the keynote speaker for this month, his name is Ricardo Mondragon. And he's a uh, Mexican artist. And he uses sound waves to create sculptures. And manipulating sound waves in uh, through computer uh, graphics and animation and, and different digital media to uh, amplify like the sound wave itself and then create a 3D rendering of that and turn it into sculptures and, and, and pieces and then uh, or even 2D paintings so that way we as the audience can visualize notes and sounds um, through the sculptures or paintings and it was really cool. And the, the method behind his madness kind of relates to science and mathematics, which sometimes we don't talk about, you know, as being creative. Uh, but the way he manipulates that through music is then taking something like, you know, the perfect fourth or whatever, or the perfect fifth, and lining up those two notes, you know, your, your root note, the fifth note, and pulling them into, you know, um, a sound system or through, you know, the, an audio like editor at, where you can see the sound waves and kind of see how those tones like create these unique waves and then pulling them together through uh, an X and Y axis through a graph, pulling those sound waves out and then manipulating the Z axis to create a 3D shape and then running that through a 3D printer to print the sculpture in a 3D shape, and so you can visualize 
the audio wave and visualize the sound. It was really cool because you then had this different idea of what sound and art look like as you think about them together and creativity and that idea of like how music is something that for 90% of the world, you know, is something that really uh, causes us to emote, to feel something, to express uh, creativity or individuality or things that we resonate with or relate to. Um, and it was interesting, right? Because even though I couldn't focus on a lot of the science and math stuff, cause that's not how my brain works. I could at least understand how he was trying to track that one side of the coin to the other to get a visual example of that. And it was, it was fascinating, fascinating. That sounds really interesting. Um, I'm trying to imagine what that might look like because I didn't know anything about him uh, before you went and I haven't checked out any of his work. But it sounds amazing to to imagine that, to imagine that you can see um, a version of what you're hearing. Mm -hmm. He shared this quote um, from a book that he read and uh, he didn't give the exact um, author uh, the, the reference credit. He just said it was related to Pythagorean and like some of the theories behind Pythagorean theory and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and so I don't know if it was Pythagorean himself or someone who had been studying him exactly because I can't find the exact person who said it in quite the same way that he had it written up on his presentation. Uh, but the quote was, as the eyes are made for astronomy, so are the ears made for motion, which produces harmony. And thus we have two sister sciences. And I just thought that that idea of science and music being in relation to one another, and then from there, Ricardo having this vision and this self-identifier to say, I'm going to take not only science and music but then create something new from those two ideas and he's done work with um the louisville symphonic orchestra and he's done oh, work really? with um yeah different different artists and things like that to collaborate these ideas mm -hmm. um he even worked with a uh a community of uh, those who were deaf or hard of hearing to produce deep bass note sounds that they could feel as it resonated um, and then produced images based on that. Um, so they could visually see like the low notes that they could feel, you know, um, versus here. And the the way that he kind of stumbled into it is just, it was, it was really cool. And it, it honestly deserved more than the 25, 30 minutes that he was given mm. to, to kind of talk through everything else. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a free event. And so you kind of have to deal with some of those, hey, we want to thank our advertisers. We want to thank our sponsors. We want to do all this stuff. And then we'll get to the keynote. And mm. it was like, man, I could have listened to this guy kind of continue to tell his story and how the and whole process longer. works for at least another hour or so because it was mm. just – was just not quite enough time. Yeah, and um, and I'm I'm totally probably butchering most of what he explained. Well, I but, mean that was your, but that was your understanding of it, and that was your interpretation of it, right? right. So, right, and so 
I'm, I'm definitely going to tag his information down below because I think all of you should check it out and at least kind of see some of his sculptures and things that he has available. Uh, some of which are on display around Chicago and different parts of the city and different installations. But he's got pieces all over the world. Um, and it is it is wild just mm-hmm. how he thought of those visualiz- visualizations. Mm-hmm. Because sound waves can take on many forms, whether it's the standard sign shape or it, you have these triangular sound waves and... Uh, yeah. rectangular sound waves and sawtooth sound waves and all these different things that as sound is amplified or uh, emulated through whatever it is that we're doing and creating those waves take on shape at the atomic level mm-hmm. like even though we can't see it visually it exists it exists yeah and he is pulling that information through sonographs and you know that science that is way, so cool uh to then and then translating that into a 3D form. Well, because that's how we, I mean, it's different, obviously, but that's how we see, like, it's that's ultrasound. Yeah. That's how we see images. Like, um, you know, if you've ever had a baby or you know someone who's had a baby and they've gone in for the ultrasound, that little wand that they use, or maybe you've had an ultrasound for something else um, to take a look at some organ in your body, it's using sound waves. Yep. And it bounces off from my understanding of it is, is that it bounces off of you know the organs in your body and the different things in your body and it creates this image it, it's like a, a a reflection back of um of what's going on you know inside your body and that alone is fascinating but to imagine you know doing doing something even different and creating a piece of art with that. Now, I'm really interested in a couple of different things, but if you might already, you might go over it if I let you keep talking, so. No, please ask the questions or. Okay. Yeah. Well, so you mentioned that he uses a 3D printer. For, for some of it, yeah. For some of it, yeah. So I don't know a lot about 3D printers, mm-hmm. but I'm assuming you can... Um, choose colors do they print in one color or or can you like do like a composite or so the uh most 3d printers from what i understand uh they work in one of two ways okay the kind of standard way is using plastic particles and then it to a certain extent heated puts them down Mm -hmm. sprays them down they're heated enough to then like meld together Right. And then you have your item when the printing is done. Yeah. And that's going to be based on the plastic of the printer. Right. Which then, because it's a plastic, you can paint if you want to paint it, you know, change Sure, sure. Uh, Whether or not, you know, that plastic, I haven't done any 3D printing, so whether or not that plastic is a standard, like, grayish, whitish, reddish, I don't know. It might, Mm -hmm. might, there might be options for that, depending on what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, but then the other side of that is there are some bigger 3D printers uh, that almost like a sculptor, like Michelangelo would take like a block of marble sculpting, mm-hmm. you know, the statue David out of the marble. Yeah. You have a block of plastic that then it carves your image out of that block. See, I And it removes yeah. plastic to get to your final image. Yeah. I think the one that I'm more familiar with is what you just described. Okay. Um, and by more familiar with, I mean, I've seen it. 
(laughs) (laughs) So like, I don't have this working knowledge of how 3d printers, you know, typically work, I guess I, I I don't see them often enough. I don't work with them ever. Um, but I'm interested about like colors and things like that. What is he, does he pick a color? Does he paint it? Does he, you know, what, what does he choose to do? Um, or does he, or is the sculpture like, that's the thing that I made and like period, Mm -hmm. you know, not painting it or anything like that. No, he, he definitely does some painting and he also uses certain materials to, uh, emulate color and, Mm. um, now, obviously, sitting here, I can show you. But for those of you who are right. listening, um, I'm going to link his website below where all of his stuff is visually available in his portfolio, and you guys can take a look at that. Um, it's ricardomondragon.com. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, I'll have that link below in the liners, and you can you can check that out. So, um, for example, here, though, this sculpture, Joy, is called Internal Waveform 2.0. Mm-hmm. This is his second version of a waveform uh, from 2016. It is made out of uh, ABS wood, and he spray-painted it in this magenta color. Mm. Uh, So the ABS is the material from the 3D printer, I believe. Oh, okay. So if you take a look at that, (laughs) right, you can kind of see the waveform as it's there. That's cool. And then this is the the fourth, and like as you look from the front, you can see how they intertwine and connect. Yeah. Just like... A harmony wood, right? Yeah, I was going to say just like sound waves do. Yeah. That's so um, cool. But he's done other things like what would a juxtaposition look like visually? You know, which if you're familiar with music, like the the dissonance between That's hilarious. Two, two different sounds that... I mean, the sculpture is not hilarious, but it's hilarious that he was like, yeah, I think I'll make this. <laughs> yeah. And so there, there's, you know, he's done G That's minor so 13th. Cool. He's done... Uh, these different like ideas when it comes to sound that then he manipulates and Uh he Uh talked about how he's like sometimes it was just like oh I really like this sound or I really don't like this sound Mm. like it is so far from one another Mm -hmm. but what does it look like like why does it sound so uh, subjectively bad or why do these two notes or you know the seventh and third in two different keys, why do they not work together, you know? And then, like, looking at that visual waveform yeah. and then creating a piece from that, as yeah. well as, as well as like, you know, this part of this song sounds so beautiful when all these voices are together. So mm. what what harmonies are being created, and how do I replicate that visually? And, yeah. And all this stuff. And so, uh, or, you know, a singular note. Why does this note sound so good? Or yeah. uh, whatever. And then he's translated that to also 2D. 2D paintings, um, <coughs> excuse me, 2D paintings as well, and uh, how that that looks a little bit different. He, he essentially creates a, a large version of a sonograph, mm. you know, where you see like the flat waveforms, like mm-hmm. uh, like if you were at the hospital and you have like your EKG kind of monitor and the paper is coming out. Yeah, yeah. Um, he basically tracks that, and then what he does is he. Uh, he screen prints that that sound that he has created. He he screen prints it, mm-hmm. so he takes takes like the screen print paint and lays it down across uh, canvas or whatever, and he creates these high quality prints of that based on what 
sound and stuff he has either recorded or he's made himself uh, okay. to create these different 2D visualizations. Yeah. Um, but at like the atomic level, so when you like get really, really close, you can see these individual like small like dots mm. of representation that as you pan out, you know, it looks like it one becomes, image or it looks yeah. like one becomes waveform. a line or, or something yeah. like that. But yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I was going to say, looking at the sculptures, if you didn't know what they were from, you know, how he created them and that they were a sound wave, uh, you know, you'd look at them and you'd think, that's cool. Like, that is, that is visually interesting, mm -hmm. and I like it. Um, but knowing that it is a sound wave or a mixture of sound waves... Um, it brings something else to the sculpture. It makes it really, in my opinion, a lot more interesting to look at. They're, they work beautifully as standalone. They're, they're very interesting in their own right, but knowing that that's a sound wave um, or multiple sound waves interacting with each other makes it way cooler, yep. in my opinion. Yeah, and like I said... Being able to not just say, oh, I'm going to make this a 3D, you know, sculpture, but he has these, these silkscreen paintings and, um, and different things out of wood and gold leaf and acrylic painting. And, That's so and cool. All this different stuff. Um, it, it's really, it's really cool. Just like the visualization of that, um, from rhythm to sound waves to all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So it was a it was a good event and uh, one I'd like to get to again. Um, each month they have a different keynote speaker coming up. Next they have, I believe it's DJ Ron Trent who is a producer um, from the '80s, a music producer who's going to be uh, in Chicago and mm. uh, in on, in November uh, for this next one. And uh, I'll have that information linked below. Like I said, if you're in the area, it's a free event. You just have to register for a, a ticket so that, that way you have a seat saved, but it's completely free as long as you can get there. And um, mm. it's really cool. Yeah. Just kind of, again, continuing education and, and study through experience like that. Yeah. I think that that's really, really amazing. And to know, like to, to know that that's available to the community is really cool. Mm -hmm. um, that's one of the things that I love about major cities is that for continued education and I, you're not going to get like a degree or something like that out of it, but if you just want to learn, you know, they have those opportunities available yeah. for free. And as long as you can get there, then like no problem. Right. Um, I, and I love that, especially when it comes to things like art and music, because those are expensive things to study mm -hmm. that's you know normally is a very pricey thing if you're going the traditional route of going to school studying these things or taking a class or something like that for so, sure yeah all right we're gonna take a quick break for ned and we'll be right back all right so uh being able to talk through some of those ideas of music and creativity and mm -hmm. discovering science and creativity as well yeah um, made for a really cool event and so, again, just check that out, guys. Uh, but before we move into our next section of the show, uh, real quick, I just want to talk about one of my favorite properties that I enjoy, and that is Star Wars. 
Is it? It's like a fanfare. I don't know. It's not the. It's not the song. It's just a fanfare. <laughs> I was like, that's not how it goes. No. <laughs> if you're not singing some sort of weird version of something on the show, I don't think <laughs> it wouldn't show. exist. Yeah. It, you're welcome. Yep. Or making a quote unquote perfect accent or perfect uh, impression of a <laughs> celebrity or character. Hey, my American Tom Holland is on point. Yeah. <laughs> Teenage boy Spider-Man. Yep. Perfect. It's 100% perfect. I know. Sound just like him. So, uh, but some, some Star Wars information. For those of you who are nerd fanatics like myself, uh, and love the Star Wars universe, you may recognize that the final trailer dropped this week and tickets went on sale this week for The Rise of Skywalker, the mm-hmm. final uh, film in the Skywalker saga, is what they're calling it, uh, mm. culminating over nine movies from the first being Star Wars in 1977 uh, and then spanning the three original trilogies, the prequel trilogies in the late 90s, early 2000s, and then finally the new trilogy, which uh, began in 2015 with The Force Awakens. Mm. So I'm excited about this. Look, um, there's differing differing opinions on The Last Jedi, the previous Star Wars film directed by Ryan Johnson. Mm. Overall, I liked it. There are parts that I'm like, well... Creatively, maybe that wouldn't have been my first choice, but I mm. get why you did it. Some things felt kind of rushed and uh, not well explained. Like if I had more information for it, maybe I would have felt better about it. Yeah. But it wasn't like, oh, I hate this or you're terrible or this was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. There were certain things that I felt seemed out of character for uh, mostly Luke. Uh, but then mm. the more I thought about it, and the more I, uh, look, the film came out two years ago now, so I'm just going to talk about it. You guys have probably all seen it. Yeah. If not, here's your spoiler warning. So Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi, when you first meet him, he is angry. He is resentful. He is yeah. a crotchety old man who has isolated himself for years uh, because he believes that he has failed, the Force has failed, the Jedi have failed. Mm. And... He doesn't believe that the universe should be built around uh, this idea of good versus evil, but Mm. rather that there is a better balance of good and evil that have to like work together. Mm -hmm. And so his existence influences that good and evil balance. And so he has isolated himself. Mm. Um, But beyond that, like when you think of Luke from the original trilogy and then, you know, you're reintroduced to him mm-hmm. 30 years later. Yeah. You're expecting a similar Luke from what you knew or from what you saw over the course of three films. Yeah. And we don't get that. We get this angry, resentful man. Right. And right. at first that to coin a phrase, juxtaposition of the <laughs> variation from him previously to him now is jarring and you're not expecting it. And so I understand why a lot of people were like, no, this is, this is not Luke. This is not who he is that he wouldn't act this way. Mm. But we all change over years. 
You know, we all change yeah. over time. Yeah. Uh, and the things and experiences we've had. Mm-hmm. And 30-something years have gone by between the the actual release of Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens when we first start this new saga. But I believe even more so in that timeline of the universe. And so he has this whole other life that we were not privy to visually. Yeah. That has influenced this character. And as I've rewatched that movie, I've been able to kind of understand and accept why his attitude has changed and why he is so different from the character that I knew growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've come to actually really enjoy it, especially as you get to the end of the film and you kind of hear and see some more of that explanation as to why he chose to do what he did. And mm-hmm. uh, um, again, there are people on both sides of that what they like about the film or why they hate it or why it was so divisive yeah. for whatever reason. But overall, I enjoyed it, and I'm really excited to see how the chapter comes to a close. Um, part of me thinks that Lucasfilm, Disney, they're kind of doing some course correction because they got rid of the original director for Episode Nine and they brought J.J. Abrams back, who did uh, Episode Seven, The Force mm-hmm. Awakens. Mm-hmm. And so part of me wonders, because of how much backlash The Last Jedi got, if they're doing some course correcting. To oh, okay. kind of appease fans, yeah. which I think is, <laughs> I'm kind of on the fence about that. Well, yeah, because either you're creating something and going in a particular direction with it, or you're not. Right. And you're not going to make everyone happy, especially right. when it's so split down the middle. And when it's such a beloved franchise, like you're going to have people who don't like certain things about it. Yeah, because people don't like change. If, if yeah. everybody had it their way, we would have, Luke would be the same as he always was. And that's not realistic for character development. No, and it's also... It's boring. It's storytelling. It's just boring. Yeah. Yeah. And so you need change. You need things to drive and, and, and you know, craft the story. But the... So so I'm on the fence about it in terms of like, okay, hopefully they don't... Hopefully they don't just scratch everything that The Last Jedi did. Yeah, because that would be... Dumb. It would just be dumb, and it would insult. Right. It, I, I feel like as a fan, it would insult me even more. Yeah. Um, well, and then it it wouldn't be cohesive anymore. It would just be like this weird, disjointed split thing. Yeah, well, and they'd have to work really hard to make some of those things like dismissed. Yeah. You know? And so I don't think they are doing that completely. Uh, so, but at the same time, because I really do enjoy J.J. Abrams. And I enjoy, like, kind of how he brings myth and lore together as he creates stories from all of his properties that he's been a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see him back only because I know that he'll, he will continue to do that. And it is yeah. a world built on myth and lore. And so yeah. um, I'm hoping that he can continue the trends that Ryan Johnson established and then also maybe bring us to a close on some of the things that maybe needed more explanation. And once you mm-hmm. have the whole series together you can go ah yes now that makes sense and okay now i get it versus kind of though you know when you watch just that that one film on its own can mm-hmm. seem kind of oh that is not what i was expecting yeah well and again like you mentioned earlier uh at the start of the film to see luke be such a jaded cranky old man mm-hmm. I was like, that's not Luke. 
that's not who he is. But for me, the first thing that came to mind after after seeing a few moments of like cantankerous Luke, I was like, what happened? Yeah. What happened to him? There's a story here. What happened to that, make him this way? Yes, that we're missing. There's a cause for this. And that's the reality of what happens to a lot of idealistic people, yeah. right? Like you believe in something. You believe that you can do it. You even believe that you're the one to do it. Mm-hmm. And then something happens that upends that. Yeah. And you can either become cantankerous Luke or or you can keep chasing and keep fighting. And for all, you know, at the beginning of the film, I was like, well, for all we know, he was idealistic for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know um, how long that sort of fresh-faced Luke lasted before he turned into this jaded person. Fresh-faced Luke, uh, banning, called it. <laughs> fresh-faced Luke for the first 20 years, and then after that it has to go to Cantankerous Luke. Yeah. Yeah, it has to change. The band name changes. To We're now Cantankerous Luke, formerly known as Fresh Face Luke. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I am excited for it. And if you guys are excited for it too, let us know because mm-hmm. uh, that'd be cool to talk about and yeah. discuss. I'm actually soon here, as soon as we hit November uh, and Joy finishes her rewatching of the Harry Potter series, I'm planning to rewatch the yeah. Star Wars movies. Before Who says I'm going to be done like in November? I know you never are done. You just constantly rewatch them. I do. They're also Christmas movies. They're Halloween and Christmas movies. And if you didn't already know that, I'm ashamed of you. <laughs> Not you personally. <laughs> Shame. Not you personally, Nick. I mean, like people in general. If yeah. you don't know that Harry Potter spans Halloween through Christmas, I don't know who you are. Yeah, and the Wizard Uprising. So you know. So I mean, that. come on. It happens every spring. <laughs> every spring. Every spring. All right. So, um, but with that, let's move on to uh, the section of the show that we call What We're Going to Do Today. Yep. Hey, hey, what we going to do today? Hey, hey, what we going to do today? I can't wait. Tell me what we're doing today. All right. So, with What We're Going to Do Today, we take the opportunity to talk about the projects and events, things that we've got coming up. Uh, to help keep each other accountable. Mm. And you can share with us the things you're working on or the things you have coming up because we like to promote and share with the audience uh, what you guys are doing. And you can email us, stokethewild at gmail.com, and let us know what you've got going on. Or shoot us a direct message on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Mm -hmm. And we'd love to share your projects, your events with the community. Yes. So, Joy, what do you got going on right now? Well, I am still doing the podcast for Jumpstart. That's the thing. Yep. Still doing that. Um, and you're, you're kind of logging a couple episodes before you actually launch it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to make sure that I have a backlog of probably four episodes, um, fully edited, totally ready to go before I release anything mm-hmm. because you never know. People's schedules get crazy. People get sick. People have kids yeah. who get sick. Yeah. And... Um, that way you need a couple things kind of yeah 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 i'm just too nervous to get going and release anything until i have a a decent amount backlogged for that so i'm i'm still um in production Mm. as they say as they say in production in production 
So still working on that and uh, really having fun with it, really enjoying it. Um, the other thing that I'm working on is, uh, I, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that this week I can carve out a couple of hours to go um, on a nature walk, to go be in nature yeah. by myself and to sit and watercolor if it's not raining or like freezing cold. Yeah. Um, that's my hope that I can do that this week because I'm really trying to establish. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this. A series of watercolor paintings. Yeah. And your first one you posted just this past week on Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, so that's there. And I'm hoping to kind of continue that trend of um, painting simple things um, from nature. I really like finding tiny things, like whether it's leaves or flowers or whatever, and painting that. Like the, mm-hmm. I like tiny things. I think they're cute and beautiful, and we overlook them quite often. And so um, – a lot of times I'll see something, it'll catch my eye and I, and I'll pick it up and keep it, and you know, press it or whatever in a book. And more often than not, it's really, really small. And then when I have the time to sit down and really look at it, it's a lot more beautiful than, um, I think we realize when we're just speeding yeah. past. So I would really like to continue to work on that this week. Um, sort of establishing, uh, a short series of, Paintings of tiny things in nature. Cool. So that's what I'm going to try to do. And the first one turned out really good. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I've got, uh, I've, I've had a lot of, not a lot of client work uh, in terms of like having a lot of clients, but I've had some client work consistently over the last few weeks. So some of my personal projects I've kind of had to put on hold just as I make sure I get those deadlines met. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the uh, this week, though, as I finish up this other project for a client, I'm also, uh, for those of you who know, I, I'm, I've gone back to school to get my PhD, so I'm working on some stuff for that uh, in the creative writing program mm-hmm. uh, that I have to finish up. And um, and then I'll be able to kind of return to some of my personal projects like the children's poetry book that I've been slowly writing and working on illustration concept ideas for mm-hmm. uh, that I'm hoping to have ready soon. Yeah. Uh, if not by the end of this year, early 2020, I want to have ready. Mm-hmm. And um, and then just some other ideas. I, You know, every time, Joy likes to make fun of me for this, but every time I have an idea, I catalog. Yeah, you write idea. it down. I write it down, and I write down as much as I can think about that idea or world or universe that I kind of visualize in my mind. And I, I have all these pages, and that's because at one point maybe I'll return to it or mm-hmm. sometimes I'll notice threads or themes between some, and then I can kind of morph them together and they become mm-hmm. a bigger idea. Yeah. Uh, and so I have all these things that I've kind of slowly, like when I think of something, I just track and put down and I'm like, mm. I'm sitting here in our kitchen where we're recording and I'm like waving and pointing to nothing, nothing as if I'm just a, uh, yeah, it, it's your imaginary, uh, file cabinet, my head. but I, I imagine it as like the kind at the library, like oh, with like the Dewey Rolodex. decimal. Yeah. A roll of, like, no, like the Dewey decimal system. 
Rolodex is the ones that are circular. Oh. So yeah, like the tiny file cabinets, that's where you keep your ideas. And they're <laughs> arranged into a decimal format. Yeah. Yeah. By author. These are all D's. <laughs> I'm the author. <laughs> but but it's not just by author, it's also by topic. Yeah. Uh, so, but it, it, it's fun to kind of go back though and look through some of those ideas, mm -hmm. which I do every so often and, and just go, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I want to revisit this or, oh, you know what? This makes me think of this other thing I started messing with and yeah. how do these fit together and utilizing that. So, mm -hmm. um, so I haven't forgotten any of those projects, but because of some of these client deadlines and other things that I've got going on that I need to have finished by, by a certain time frame. I've yeah. had to kind of slow down on that mm -hmm. uh, just to, to give way to it. Uh, but it's also, we're, we're in the last week of Inktober. Yeah. For those of you who've been keeping track Keep going. of points at home. Keep going. We've got about a week left. Uh, it ends on <laughs> Thursday the 31st. Yeah. And uh, for me, at this time of the recording, I've got five drawings left to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so the drawings continuing to put them out there again or your writing prompts whatever it is you might be doing you know it's just mm -hmm. one little thing a day just mm -hmm. to stay consistent mm -hmm. and this is the first year in the three or four years that I've been doing Inktober where I have done something every day <laughs> and I'm gonna hit the finish line because now yeah there's only five days left and I, I can do that yeah you, know, you can do easy that to finish that yeah and uh so I'm excited I'm excited that I've started the project and I will have it finished at the end of the month and mm -hmm. it feels really good to, to do that. Yeah. And so if you are, you know, plugging along at home, uh, keep going just a few more days left. Yeah, for sure. I've enjoyed watching the series come out, you know, both yours and, um, just sort of everyone's, you know, yeah. click on the hashtag and yeah, you can check see a ton of great art from people who, uh, every day or, you know, mostly every day, you know, are trying to be consistent and putting out pieces for the month of Inktober. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Like I said, guys, you can uh, email us or send us a message. And let us know about projects you're working on, stokethewild at gmail.com, or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at stokethewild. You can also shop our Threadless shop where some of our designs and ideas are up on merchandise, stokethewild.threadless.com, and help support the show that way. Or support us on Patreon, throw in a dollar, and get some cool stuff uh, at different reward tiers um, at patreon.com slash stokethewild. Mm -hmm. And follow Joy and I on our social media pages, Joy's at... J.M. Dirtinger. Where you can see all of our cool stuff, including her brand new watercolor painting. Mm, thank and you. you can follow me at Nick Dirtinger Art and check out some of my other work that I've got going on there as well, including the October pieces. Mm -hmm. So thanks so much for listening this week, guys, and we'll catch you later. Bye.